Is it terrible that every time I watch Alien, I'm definitely the woman who's like hysterically crying the whole time? <laughs> like I'm definitely her. Much as I would love to say She's, I'd be Ripley, uh, I would right. definitely oh, no. do that later. You're no. Lambert. Is it Lambert? Is no that way. her name? Yeah. yeah. I would be shrieking the whole time. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I, but also I'd complaining about how poorly I'm paid at the same time. I mean, shrieking <laughs> and complaining. Yeah. 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 I, don't get I'd paid probably enough. be Tom Skerritt, just wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> wrong and just wrong relatively quickly dead. Yes. Dead really quickly. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to That Episode Was. We are Popsicle. Stranger Things follows an unlikely group of kid and adult heroes as they continue to face off against creatures from Upside Down in Hawkins, but now also Nevada and Russia. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to Stranger Things Season 4, Chapter 8, Papa, written and directed by the Brothers Duffer. Stop saying Papa. <laughs> Before we continue, I, I don't know why we even bother with the spoiler warnings. No. Like, what are you doing? I'm not going to even bother. You know what? Don't say anything <laughs> and let them experience their own failure. <laughs> I'm tired of holding your hands. Yeah, I'm not saying it. I'm not even going to bother saying it. So here we go. I am your host today, Lisa K. Weber, joined as always by the rest of the Popsicle crew. First up, Kelly Sue Milano. How you doing today? Well rested? So good. Got so <laughs> much sleep last night. Wow. <laughs> nice. Next up, it's Claire Thorne. Hey girl, Hi. hey, what's up? I did not get as much sleep last night, but that was my own fault, so. That's all right. What, what are you gonna do? We're all responsible for ourselves. That's true. <laughs> um, next, it's Justin Penniston. How's your holiday weekend been? Um, it's been pretty good. Today is actually going to be the culmination of my holiday weekend. So, you know, and I <laughs> probably real enjoyed excited more. about it. <laughs> uh, you know, that's all because, and I have no one to blame but myself. I didn't get that much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Go. All right, Philip Kelly. I slept Did you like. Get enough sleep last I, night. I slept like a baby, and I'm back on coffee. My bullshit. So, last <laughs> my bullshit. So, here we are. Here we are, indeed. All right, let's get to it, everybody. So let's talk about the episode's namesake, Papa, aka Brenner. Um, Elle finally releases her codependent attachment to a narcissistic psychopath in her life. Can anyone here relate? <laughs> yes. I found it intensely satisfying to see her um, fight against his attempted manipulations. And I mean, are you fucking kidding me with the helicopter? Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. 
So let's just yeah. talk all about what's going on there. How, how everybody kind of felt about the rap for this Papa character and for L putting a rap on him. Oh, it felt so good. I feel like there was, I, there, I couldn't have imagined it going any better. Um, Mm -hmm. because she was so, uh, I felt that she had so much agency and how that storyline was ending. And so much of it was because of decisions that she made. Mm. It wasn't just like, oh, I did this magic and I accidentally killed Papa and now I'm free. She was Mm. very much like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck off. (laughs) Yes. I really loved that. And she was doing it like the, the appropriate emotion was there though, too. You know, it wasn't just like, ah, like she was conflicted. Oh yeah. Um, and I just want to say big ups to Maddie Modine. I mean, you nailed your death scene. You nailed all of it. Is he dead? Um, Do we think he's dead? I, Is he dead? Yeah. I actually I don't, don't he's think dead. he's dead. Yeah, I don't know if he's dead either. Yeah, so on, so it is a death scene. Yes. For I mean, sake of I, what is in front of our eyes. Yeah. The codependency is dead. Yes. Yes. There is, is a definitely, definitely a death scene. Unquestionably. Yes. That's I'm not questioning. But I did leave that scene going, he's still moving around quite a bit. And yeah. And we all yeah, know Claire paid special attention to Papa. Of course, yeah. Oh, and we did yeah. see did see evil military dude like come mm-hmm. out. So huh. it was, I guess potentially they could have intervened, even though that guy definitely I don't think that guy wanted Brenner to still be alive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know oh. why he would save Brenner. And but... and and my Paul Riser is like still handcuffed he's still down there down he's definitely yeah, still alive. he's for sure still alive mm-hmm. definitely still alive but yeah. i'm worried I, about I loved him. their i loved their tussle mm-hmm. where owens is like we said this wasn't going to be a prison and if she wants to do this it's going to be her decision and i was like fuck yeah and yeah then Papa comes in and he's like no it's not <laughs> and I'm like god damn it should have seen that coming yeah yeah for real three-piece suit dickhead <laughs> take off the fucking vest Three what are we talking suit. about right now full head of hair <laughs> long get tall drink of, of water get out of here seriously i want to see like a t-shirt and some chinos that is appropriate for being underground in the desert doing nefarious shit <laughs> Anyway, that's my highly intellectual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good one. I like that. Anyone else have um, thoughts or experience? What I I really embraced about it, you know, and it, it, it actually upset me as it was happening, but like, you know, looking back on it, it, it was just felt really real was because even though 11 did had you know was given loads of agency and she you know she acted on her own behalf if if the military hadn't attacked l probably would not have been able to escape like her efforts against papa failed 
so to speak. You know, if if it had just been the two of them, Papa would have won. He would have it would have continued. You know, um, and you know that's uh, to me that's a reminder that you know making the right choices and doing the right things isn't always enough. Hmm. You know, that we still have to help each other, that, you know, the world has to, you know, that bad things can happen to good people, you know, and I felt that really powerfully when uh, Eleven got, took the syringe to the neck, you know, I thought that was, I was like, oh, God, yeah, that was... you know, because she, she was, she was doing it. She won. She won. I was like, yeah, Argh! yeah, you know, that really kind of hit me where it hurts. But, you know. And I, and I was glad she was trying in the end. And I was glad, like Kelly Sue said, that, you know, as Papa's laying there ostensibly dying and asking mm -hmm. for Elle's forgiveness, mm -hmm. there's so much conflict in Elle in that moment, you know, mm -hmm. because clearly she she loves her Papa in a way, you know, and I'm going to keep saying Papa, 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 <laughs> Steve Harrington's dead, Papa, Papa, Papa. You know, I'm going to keep saying it. And I'm going back to And I thought Claire was the shitster. <laughs> um, um, Clearly not. It was... Well, no, you guys just meet in your shitster. Yes, we do. We are a perfect storm of shitster. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I was glad to see Brenner get shot multiple times and go down. And, and I'm glad that whether or not he's dead was left kind of in the air, you know, mm -hmm. because there's a certain menace there that I really, I, now that he's back, now that he was back, I'm not ready to be done with necessarily, you know? So yeah, that's All what right. I got. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I found something very interesting with the character and that he was, to a large degree, it felt like uh, once we kind of realized what was going on, um, that he was driven by his shame just as much as any of the other characters were uh, about what um, he may have caused and about what he, what he may have done to, uh, I mean, basically like this whole thing is his fault, right? All of these people dead, everything. And he's using L to help his shame. He's like, you know, there, there's this controlling nature about the character that we see the minute he steps into the picture in this season with his, you know, timing himself, doing the, you know, crossword puzzle and all these different little elements where he's seeking a, a level of control over his life. And at least at this point in his life, but it feels like at all points in his life, um, maybe exaggerated by the fact that he has failed so epically and that when a narcissistic person fails, they grab hold that much tighter and they, they want to correct it that much more for the sake of themselves more than anything. Um, now that's like a, that's like an adult issue to deal with, right? Like so far in this series, it's been kids kind of dealing with these fantastical elements and things like that. And this season is really, really nailing the like time to deal with some adult bullshit. Uh, and it, it, it takes that coming of age element, especially with this storyline here and, and sort of, uh, as Justin likes to say, moves the needle. I think Justin likes to say that sometimes. Um, Justin does like to say that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of moves the needle into that a more adult storyline, which I, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like is where we're heading in the future a little bit. 
I love to see, I love to look for and find and experience definitive moments of characters and especially in shows this massive. Mm. Um, and I feel like the work that they, the work that they did with this character throughout all of these seasons was so, um, just really profound kind of character development so that you could get to a season like this and have this one moment where these, you know, there's a massacre in the lab and runner walks in and can say something like, what have you done to a fucking 11 year old or however old she is at the start of this. Right. And you instantly are like, that's you. Oh yeah. You are literally the adult in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Placing blame on this child that you've engineered to do exactly this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And I really like, appreciate the moments cheek, like the that. The nerve, the gall, the I know. actual audacity. Yeah. <laughs> and to have it brought forth in the performance that Matthew Modine brings, where it's like <laughs> he has this like we it is very true he's a terrible character he's just completely evil narcissistic asshole everything bad that happens in this show literally can be traced back to him and his choices and decisions right yeah. but he he's so perfectly cast and his performance is so wonderful because he has this very like almost like mr rogers softness mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah the way that mm -hmm. totally yeah the children has he even raised his voice in the show ever? So. Like, has he yelled at anybody? He's so measured and gentle in his delivery. And it yeah. makes it <clears throat> amazing. In, in his cruelty. It would like, not be the same. Well, yeah, because then it's like this. when he turns his, then when he turns his disappointment towards you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I like, can you imagine Mr. Rogers? <laughs> Mr. Rogers being disappointed in you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's always yeah. it's easier yeah. to leave something that is dysfunctional and and damaging when it that thing is overtly abusive, right? Yeah. Like it's that's so much easier. But when you're leaving something that has conditioned you to, you know believe that it loves you and is thinking of you and that's all that they're doing is thinking about you and just wanting the best for you and i'm doing all of this for you yeah it's that's that's a whole different yeah. thing it's rough yeah and he breaks my cardinal rule indirectly hmm. don't fuck <laughs> yeah I well pretty i mean directly like he pretty I mean, directly fucks with kids. Yeah. He does. He doesn't, not in the way that, you know, not like they do on Hannibal He's, or. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but there is a scene in the, in the first seven where he oversees, you know, the shock treatment of a boy. So. True. Yeah. Well, listen, he's guilty across the board. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. It's so, not that hard. I have to, to ask. Kids alone. Go ahead, Justin. Does does Brenner, did we did we discuss this already? And I'm just forgetting. Does Brenner deserve the cheese dick mantle? We talked about it last. I think we decided episode, that he does. I think, and we decided yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
yeah that he's, he's we've definitely got uh, yeah i thought yeah there's a lot you know, of there's very like level. well-aged there's, there's very pretty... levels of cheese dickness right mm. yeah there's yeah. overt cheese dickness like we find with um what's his ass there's speedo wearing cheese dickness let's call 100%. it that right. that's a big that's a big one <laughs> You know, wearing cheese dickness. A slippery. Cheese. You mean you mean Marcos? You, you thought you, you meant Marcos, right? Marcos yeah. Naros. Marco. Cheese dick. Oh Marco. yeah, he. Marco. One thousand percent wears a speedo. One hundred percent. Thousand. Just. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. And then of course there's the Aaron Wright cheese dick, which is very sort of like. Mustache twirling. Mustache twirling cheese dickness, and then of course we have. Uh, you know, for, for super audience members, manipulative cheese dickness, which we find in Brunner. Yes, who wears tidy whities by the way? Um, oh for, our, for our audience members who don't know who we're referring to, go watch The Expanse. Yeah, all of the the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Just man, and you'll cheese and, dicks and, abound. And listen to our <laughs> podcast uh, about yes. The Expanse called yes. The yes. Ring. To be clear, oh. they don't use the term cheese dick on the expanse. <laughs> no, but if you watch the expanse to understand what a cheese dick is. But you I'm, can see Avasara like using that phrase to describe I'm, 100%. I'm, I'm sure she has. Really bothered because I have now ju- just now decided that Aaron Wright wears boxers. And I don't think that was ever a thought slash decision that I was going to have to make. And yet that just happened. That's funny because I always envision Aaron Wright not wearing any underwear. And wow. uh, there you go. Yeah. No, that's Amos. Amos doesn't wear any underwear. Yeah, no, Aaron no, Wright. Oh, Claire, you just think that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that makes it invalid because. <laughs> Anyway, back to Stranger Things. Back Away from the underwear. Things. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, Kelly Sue, like when you were talking about like these kind of amazing moments of character building, uh-huh. this entire episode like had so many great little character moments. Um, and so I I want to take it over to what's going on in Hawkins and the kind of caper that they're planning <laughs> over there um <laughs> but nice. also there were just there were just like so many like moments with all these characters because I feel like on on Elle's side of things it was almost like this was kind of her climactic moment for the season but we're still setting up for like the larger climax with everyone else so it was like while she was getting closure in her arc um, we're just kind of gearing up for the big finale in the Hawkins arc. Um, and so it was kind of like taking the time to kind of like bring all the characters to exactly where they're supposed to be before the big showdown happens. And um, so like the two scenes, like one in the RV between Steve and um, Nancy, and in the front of the RV and then in the back of the RV, you've got um, Lucas and Max having their kind of moment. And then later on, after the whole fucking war zone thing, <laughs> um, the like everybody had this moment in like of like the weapons building in the field. 
Uh Um, like every single person pretty much had like another character kind of like moment that was like, okay, a character defining moment Uh or character defining interaction. And so I just kind of wanted to talk about all of that and talk about all of them. Definitely in that field scene was like, the interaction between Eddie and Dustin, I was like, oh, there we go. Eddie's fate is 100% sealed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already suspected, but uh-huh. then it was like in that scene, I was like, come on. When yeah. he's like, never change Justin Henderson, I was like, there we go. RIP. <laughs> About to get pony boyed. Yeah. But, but, but honestly, they did such a good job of giving almost every character. Uh, I mean, that was very clearly, you know, mm-hmm. communicated, but they gave every character that kind of, like, I was worried about yeah, Will. Exactly. I was worried about Max. I was worried, I'm, you know, I'm worried obviously about Eddie. I, I was worried about them on Steve very much because oh, Steve yeah. gives absolutely that kind of same, oh, you yeah. know, that's why I was like, I'm like, I was stop like, talking still- to each other, people. You're gonna <laughs> die if you keep talking. I was like, with the whole Steve Nancy stuff, I was like, it could be Steve or Nancy. Yes. And because yeah. Nancy in this particular episode, she stepped the fuck up and became my fucking hero. Oh like God, the yeah. fact that she got pulled out, she had her moment of like being really upset by what she saw. And then she instantly was like, so let's fucking kill Vecna. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, I was like, yes. Yeah, she handled herself so well when she was confronted by Jason in the war zone. And then she likes, she made herself a fucking sawed off shotgun, mm-hmm. like a fucking pro. <laughs> she went from Lambert to Ripley like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing though. I think Nancy from the very beginning of the show her arc has been, I'm the person who steps up to be the leader. And that's sort of, and and they kind of, it's kind of like a Wheeler quality. Cause Mike, at least to start, was sort of the ringleader of, the, of their party. But oh, Nancy wow. has taken command of every situation she's been in eventually, you know? Um, when, she, when she and Jonathan first start, you know, working together in the first season, Jonathan oh. sort of, is sort of the leader at first because he knows more about things but nancy quickly takes on the role of no i'm actually the badass you know and it's not an accident that when they're in that freaking army navy store that nancy is the one who has the confrontation with jason that's the two leaders squaring off Uh you know yeah and i i'm I dig the fact that Nancy is kind of this small wayfish girl. You know what I mean? But Nancy is the boss, you know, and like, and not just, and not just because she's got this tremendous amounts of will and agency, which I love, but also because she's by far, by far the bravest character on the show. And Mm -hmm. I hear for that. I'm here for that. And I agree that in this scene, in these moments of weapons making and coming together and, you know, and Robin saying what I'm fearing, I feel like this isn't (laughs) going to go as well, you know, Mm -hmm. like, 
um i was like oh shit nancy is like captain america here and killing off captain america would be the thing like the breaking like it, it would be the thing going into the final season that really like pushed yeah. everything off kilter you know mm-hmm. so i was really worried about nancy go after this scene yeah same. okay so the war zone scene with nancy and jason mm-hmm. i was watching it and i was like he th- it was when i started to think like is he, did he somehow get under the influence of the upside down in the same way that, that Billy did in season three, because Mm. he looks so deranged. (laughs) Yes, he did. Eyes are so bloodshot (laughs) and insane. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he looks like he's like really internally struggling with something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Is he possessed? Like, I know, I don't know how, it, I don't remember how it happened with Billy. No, I literally just, literally was just like, this is just straight white male douchebaggery <laughs> taken yeah. to its extreme. Well, yeah. ultimately, what's the difference, right? Right. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's well, the thing. That's the point, that's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, but, he's straight um, up proud boy. Mm-hmm. Oh my right. gosh, totally. But I was like, he's like sweating like, yeah. and <laughs> I, clammy and like, He's like, I don't know. He looks like he's on borrowed time or something. <laughs> and maybe it really is just like white privilege rage. Yeah. Once, I, once, I want to say yeah, more that's how male. I saw it too, but I, I find thing. it, yeah, that's interesting that like, cause yeah, yeah he was such a wreck. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with Justin. I didn't yeah. describe that to anything other than him just, than his the misery of his soul (laughs) expressing itself totally (laughs) that's perfect that's perfect because of course you're gonna lose your girlfriend in a really tragic way you're not gonna be sad about that Mm. you're gonna go and you're going to like retaliate in a terrible way which is similar to the way that your woman has been killed. But of course, let's meet violence with violence in a very sort of like egomaniacal kind mm-hmm. of way. This, this, yeah. is, this is like extreme cognitive dissonance. Yeah. This is like, there is a truth here uh-huh. that I can plainly see that is obviously true. And yeah. this is me and all the things I've believed up until now and, and mm-hmm. the things that have protected my way of life and my sensibilities. And then they're just like, and that's what you look like yeah. <laughs> after dealing well, yeah. with that for like 48 True. hours. You, you, and oh, it's like a wreck. It, it's it his does... ability to, to come to an immediate conclusion based on extremely limited knowledge mm-hmm. and, and be unassailable in his belief about yeah. that thing that he's claimed is like, okay, yeah, this is, this is truth. And it definitely felt more like toxic masculinity than white supremacy though because yeah, his his group his little gang of, of players included white and black kids mm-hmm. but very notably jason almost never interacts with a woman in the show unless it's an opposition mm-hmm. you know there are no women in his gang you know and the show goes out of its way you know to make sure that our heroes has you know plenty of women and by and large, 
the women provide the show's agency, you know, Mm -hmm. in a very real sense, Eleven is the prime mover of the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, Max has kind of been the prime mover of the Hawkins kids this season, Um, Nancy of the older kids, and it's probably more Hopper amongst the adults, but still, you know, like this is a very female forward show, you know, and I think it's quite notable that Jason and his cronies are male, 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 male across the line. On that kind of like female or feminine note, I'll have something to say about that when we talk about the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) But very much um i'm raising my hand lisa before we leave Mm -hmm. the field scene yes can we talk about about it's the realization of this field scene as a visual depiction of will's we finally get to see will's oh yes so yes and and then they give us the field scene and it's like, oh my God, it's the yeah. painting come oh to my life. God. And we please so, talk about it. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I was not going to leave that scene okay, on the floor. Okay, good. I going, <laughs> I imagine, it's, yeah. it's like my first hot take is the, is the Will, Mike, oh my God. Jonathan moment because it's all three of them and how they are in that scene in the van that brought me to the first time I cried while mm-hmm. watching these two episodes. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so um, we'll go to break and then we'll pick up and talk all about that scene. Cause like I said, it's my very go first and cry topic. for a little bit and then come back. And- uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you like this conversation, know that in August, we'll be tackling the new Netflix series, the Sandman based on the comic by Neil Gaiman. While prepping for our Twin Peaks podcast series that gum you like and possibly releasing more pop-ups or take a deep dive with us into the series Hannibal, our recently finished, oh gosh, what a mess. Oh, it's a weird, sorry, messy sentence. (laughs) With our recently finished Murder Husbands. I think there's just a with our missed or take a deep dive into the series Hannibal. The with is in the wrong spot, right? Take yeah, or take a deep dive with us into the series Hannibal with our recently finished podcast series Murder Husbands. So for all those, huh? Oh, we have to say that it's recently finished. Are you guys struggling with? I mean, like, no, no, no. It was none of that was there because it was just the sentence was a disaster. Yeah, I I wrote (laughs) it at like I don't know at what time it was, but yeah, my bad. So for all those updates. I really hope this is the ad. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> it can be. Your producer isn't always right, folks. Your so producer isn't always right. For all those updates and all things Popsicle, follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social medias and join our mailing list at our website, popsiclepod.com. For all the latest news and announcements, that's Popsicle Pod. P O P S K L P O T. People are totally going to listen now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we definitely have our shit together. That all, all those words made a ton of sense the way I read them. <laughs> I, it'll be fine. I feel very informed. I would watch. Listen, I would watch. I,
we're back. <laughs> Here we are with hot takes and we're starting with, like I said, before the break, my first cry of the finale, which oh. was Will finally showing the painting to Mike, <sighs> crying in the back seat because Mike is so clueless. <laughs> so clueless. While Jonathan is up there just looking at him in the rearview mirror and the whole thing is breaking my heart wide open. And let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the painting. Let's talk about feelings. <laughs> you know, anyone else? We've talked about how Jonathan is checked out in mm-hmm. this season. And, um, you know, we'll talk about that more in the, for the final episode, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But clearly he hasn't been entirely checked out, right? Like he's, yeah. he's in tune with Will and what's going on with Will. And he's not pushing. I love that he doesn't push Will. He, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to know what to do in that kind of situation, I think, to, to really support someone Most, the way yeah, they need to be supported. So is it, too. is it, should he talk to Will and say, Hey, I see what's going on here. And I know this thing, you know, I understand this thing about you, but Will is so clearly not ready to talk mm. about it at the same time. And I just, there's so much nuance in that. In well, that- we'll, and we'll, t- oh. we'll dive more into all of that yeah, in the scene episode. that they share for the next episode Yo, no, I in know. this particular, no, yeah. I know, but it's like, yeah. since we're just talking about this episode, I, I, I will say, yeah, that it's like, this was the first indicator of the entire season that yes, Jonathan has been paying attention Um, because that scene, it's not just the Will and Mike stuff that gets me going. It's Jonathan seeing it. It's Jonathan seeing Will and seeing Will's pain that really takes that whole scene over the top and makes it And I think understanding how that, you know, he's he's been seeing that and recognizing it, I think tells us a bit about where he is with Nancy and feeling disconnected from her Mm -hmm. as well. There is a, there is a camaraderie, I think, in, in, in between he and Will that is more adult now because they're both, you know, they're both dealing with relationship pain and, you know, it, yeah, it, it really got me. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful scene. I, I loved will it. Say, it was very rewarding. The only way in which I see it, saw it differently, and I don't think it in the end it matters much, is that to me this felt like Jonathan seeing Will in at least in the in this particular moment, in this particular way, for the first time. There's always been a closeness between Jonathan and Will all through the earlier seasons. But Jonathan has been checked out. And it's important, I think, because they were away from well, Mike yeah. and Nancy, yeah. you know, and like for, for both Jonathan and Will, it's sort of like they left their hearts behind in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think this is once crisis hit, Jonathan stopped smoking pot. He just did, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a crisis and he knows he needs to act. And now, like, looking back and seeing that whole scene, like, watching Jonathan watch them 
was what really gave that scene emotional context. Yes. Because, and in that moment, Jonathan is the audience, really, because we're watching Will and feeling for him, you know, and Jonathan is doing that for us as well. And it was just spot on, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think I said earlier in this podcast series that I thought it was important for them to just tell us, you know, especially for the queer people watching this show, what, what's on going on with Will. And now I don't need to hear it explicitly anymore because it was so appropriately and perfectly captured here. You know, they don't need to say the words because how can you not know, you know? Oh yeah. It's the moment that Will turns away and like cries into his hand through the window. And I was like, that's it. It, Yeah. Yeah. It definitely need to, uh, it definitely felt (laughs) more. Take a minute here. (laughs) It it made it feel more real to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think film and TV can sometimes get caught up in the the coming out moment as being like the moment that we're all waiting for. And this felt, I don't know, to me, this felt more real. Honest. Yeah, more honest, uh, more genuine, more lived in. uh, I feel that it also felt very kind of like, I mean, this is, it's, it's dumb to kind of say it this way, but it felt very like period appropriate. Yes. Yes. You know, yes, absolutely. You know it's a show that's being absolutely. made today, and we feel so differently about all of those things. You know, for it to be a show set in this time, yeah. Well, it's it, not likely that a young man is going to say, "Here's what I am." In a time where, <laughs> yeah. where, where, I mean? where, in a time exactly. where the, the movies and TV shows that are inspiring this TV show all yeah. used slang that yeah. was inappropriate towards queer represented people. Completely. Like, uh, like when if you're a kid watching that stuff, you're like, I can't. Like, people are yeah. going to use those words and those terms against me if they know that. They're going to yeah, have a exactly. certain idea of what I am based on pop culture. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's very and, and ironically popped, appropriate. Yeah, that popped yeah. into my head when someone said talked about how oblivious Mike was, and I was like, how could you be anything but oblivious yeah. as a, a you know well, a young like- middle school slash high school kid in that era i you know yeah i would never have caught that you know chalk that up to being i mean i think oblivious is the wrong direction to come at that from because because it is it's about focus Mm -hmm. you know mike is legitimately focused on 11 and that his relationship with her and the ways in which it's kind of gotten skewed um uh-huh. you and it's you of course we're all oblivious <laughs> we're oblivious oh, to things that just you know we oh no I yeah it's when a- I, and I I said he was clueless for what it's worth but um yes. it's definitely understandable his cluelessness yeah. is completely understandable I wasn't holding yeah. his cluelessness yeah. against him and that's kind all. of how I feel about Jonathan as well I mean I think for all the characters I feel that because Look at what they've been through. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I if I had been in this group of kids and had deal had been dealing with even just the same levels of trauma around, you know, very real everyday kinds of things, I would probably check out 
a, the way Jonathan has, or, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can go list, you know, pretty much any, any of the ways that any of these characters are, are dealing with, you know, like Lucas is, is also checking out in a sense that he's, he's, just kind of desperately looking for like, okay, normal, you know, I just want to go find a normal <laughs> existence group of kids that, you know, I'm not going to end uh-huh. up fighting monsters with and then finding out that yeah. they're actually monsters, but it, yeah. Well, and also you can't, I think it's all very appropriate. It's maybe generous, but, um, it makes sense to me that he goes to California and takes up smoking weed. Well, yeah, it's just what happens around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, like, and you know, I mean, I'm a bit of a pothead. <laughs> I'm a bit of a pothead. <laughs> oh, that's I'm not <laughs> of independence on this people <laughs> listeners. I'm a bit of a pothead. Listeners, but... you have never regretted not seeing Lisa more than in this moment. <laughs> as her arms are out in a shrug of like, look, you know, this is this is why because listen, <laughs> I am I remain unconvinced that this reality requires sobriety. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watching it certainly requires something other than I completely understand Jonathan's coping method. I do because it's like, why do I need to be white knuckling this? You know, (laughs) I don't. I just need some fucking perspective, man. Totally. (laughs) I'm going to have to go be witness protection programmed Uh out in Lenora Hills. California, which is basically the valley. Yeah, it's it is absolutely the valley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be blazing up every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Good so. for you, Jonathan. <laughs> well, he really came through for me in the scene. So, way oh, to go, Jonathan. Oh yeah. All right. My next hot take, and this oh. one's mostly for Kelly Sue, Ooh. but <laughs> everyone can take part. In the feeling of it. So when Elle is like showing off her powers by lifting the water tank, did you also think, mind you boat? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Okay. It's an X-Men first class reference, everybody. <laughs> that was her U-boat. That, that was her U-boat. Yeah. <laughs> she is... Magneto. No, she's not, but she is the Magneto of this universe. In that moment. <laughs> In that she moment. Very much was. Oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> real. Put it on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big shout to Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender lifting the Hugh boat. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we could bring up Michael Fassbender in any conversation, I'm okay with that. Just putting that yeah, out. Yeah, totally. Same, same. All right. <laughs> Next. Um, the stuff happened in Russia, but I mean, the big stuff happened in the next episode, but there was one little quiet scene, like the first kind of conversation 
between Hopper and Joyce mm-hmm. was just lovely. I was like, oh, I yeah. love it. There we go. That's what I have to say about the Russia stuff this episode. <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh Joyce and Hopper this season became like, I think this is one of my favorite relationship arcs of this whole mm-hmm. show. Same. One of my favorites. Same. But I just really enjoyed it. Good. I would have to say my other favorite relationship arc is the one between Steve and Eddie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because my next hot take is that I am still hoeing strong for these yeah. two. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh yeah. Woo. Yeah, I'm like all about it. We're gonna get some all anime. We're gonna get some anime yeah. ships all over the internet, I think. That whole listen, they had like a whole yeah, they were flirting hard mm-hmm. during the stealing of the RV. And who's gonna drive the Winnebago was amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it was I actually a Winnebago. Loved but, it. Oh yeah, that it was like they were very tight up on each other, very <laughs> flirty. I was definitely digging it. And then it's like the next scene we get is like Steve in his new like war zone outfit, like looking very <laughs> Tom Cruise and Top Gun. And I was also for that. Yes. Well, and let's not forget Top Gun is beautifully homoerotic. Mm-hmm. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing a lot of that same vibe. I'm like, can we get a scene where they're like playing volleyball? <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> I know that maybe it's not you it up, you know. Maybe it doesn't work with the story. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's Netflix. You have the time. Yeah, and the budget. <laughs> the budget. Come on, give Let's us do what some we upside want. Upside down volleyball action. <laughs> okay, this All is right. what happens when I get sleep. <laughs> I'm digging it. Um, all right, final hot take. If you don't have like a totally awesome surround sound system, yeah. I highly recommend putting headphones in while you watch Stranger Things because there are levels to these bezels when it comes to the sound, yes. the sound editing and the score all working together is like when it's in your ear and you're mm-hmm. like getting the whole experience, it's a whole new ball game. So subtitles on, headphones mm-hmm. in yes you're yes. welcome <laughs> yes agreed yes also if you have not watched this season with subtitles it's oh yeah amazing you need to go all the way back to the beginning uh, yeah. yeah yep start it's, over it's, an, it's an art form it's an art form whoever's doing the subtitles for this they're yeah. like giving it a hundred percent it's amazing new Emmy category they've I got the best Emmy subtitle category. team in the business on what, is this. It, what is what is this episode or the next episode start with eldritch clamoring or something like that yeah the, all the eldritch it? stuff the beginning of this <laughs> like, episode eldritch clamoring determined synth music like <laughs> yeah. all of it, oh, yeah. it's it. The, the different it's descriptions of different like there's been every kind of synth music mm-hmm. upbeat synth music intellectual like <laughs> quirky synth music yeah yeah industrial <laughs> industrial mm-hmm. sense but, but it's usually Inquisitive. it's usually an emotion and and, and descriptor. Think, yeah and think about <laughs> but that I love too it. like for for, for people that uh can't hear like they're watching the show and they're yeah. getting like yeah. this experience like that is it's yeah. like they're really thinking about these things and i think that for yeah. a show to do that and not just be like 
you know, uh, uh, creaking of steps. Yeah. Which is, can be kind of dry. It's like- And also uh, not treating people like they're stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? It's, it's so, mm -hmm. good. Yeah. so good. Those subtitles are like a vocabulary lesson. Yeah. 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 For real. It's really good. For real. Can yeah. I offer one brief hot take? Of course. <laughs> I just want to say that we sort of glossed over. There is a moment here where Erica just shows her big brother, Lucas, that she is smarter mm. and more poised than he is uh -huh. when they're building their little spears. And she and that is, she loves him. Yes. And she, that she, she like, she's kind of over like having to fix his bullshit. Yes. But yeah, she loves him. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. like so much of their thing is like combative and her. That's, like, and that's you know, exactly how I was going to wrap it up. Yes. Like, yeah. But, and yet she freaking, you know, she's like, look, you're a pain in the ass. I really wish you had your shit together. Why am I the one <laughs> fixing your spear right now? And yes, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love that moment. I loved that yeah. so much. Yes. That's why I was like, this, I like kept, I was taking notes as I do, you know, and like yes. every, and that's why it was like every interaction that was, that happened in that field scene was awesome. Like every character showed up and had a moment and it was awesome. That entire scene. Loved it. Um, yeah, so if no one else has any other hot takes, they're dying to lay on the griddle here. We can move on to our words. <laughs> All right, let's do it. For me. <laughs> All right, everyone, time to give your one word impressions. Philip Kelly, that episode was? Real. Mm, Claire? You I'm want such me to come back time. to you? There's so many. Yeah, come back to me. I have so many words <laughs> that I'm, Kelly I'm having a hard time whittling. That episode was ominous. Ooh. Uh, Justin, that episode was? Nerve-wracking. Mm. Claire, are you ready? Yeah. That episode was. That episode was Papa. That is exactly oh. what I was going to say, Justin Peniston. You just cleared me on. Oh, oh my God. <sighs> but I was going to say it. So with a, satisfying. I was going to try to say it like I sounded like I was dying. Like, Papa. <laughs> well, see, there we go. Even though I don't think so we're dead, able I'm to give Justin. the reading. Um, and I'll wrap up by saying that episode was holy helicopter. <laughs> um, <laughs> well played. Holy helicopter. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with a recommendation from Phil. So oh, if you uh, enjoy, or so for, from Justin, there we go. Um, so if you enjoyed Papa, what else might you enjoy? Justin, let them know. Well, I don't know if this is Papa specific so much as it is Stranger Things specific. And I think one of the real uh, hallmarks of this show is the incredible character work that's done. I mean, these are these this show is filled with a lot of distinct, well-developed, well-portrayed, well-written characters. And... Um, I may have mentioned to you guys off mic that my wife and I started rewatching The Closer on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. um, and 
from the word go, that is a show with a big cast that immediately clearly defines and builds amazing characters. That is a show chock full of fantastic characters. Um, and for someone like me, who is a writer and like really puts character first and foremost in their minds, like I, the show is a masterclass to me. Like, I feel like I'm learning a lot, but more than that, I'm really like just reveling in a show really well done. I mean, it's, a, it's got fun plots. It's a police procedural. And without these amazing, tremendous wonderful characters it would just be yet another procedural you know it would just be a notch on claire's belt you know but she loves you love procedurals, you love procedurals. okay yes, that's true um <laughs> that is true but because of those tremendous characters i think it's something more than that and oh. i'm super i mean in this rewatch i mean i loved it before but like really watching it in a like in an slightly analytical you know way i'm so impressed and you know creator james duff has made his way onto my list of like writing heroes because i'm like god this show is tremendous and also a bit of an early adopter in the diversity sweepstakes that's now sweeping media you know this was a show with a broad array of characters that tackled a broad way array of diversity issues up to and including forcing one of their main cast members to have a transphobic experience that he has to overcome. And it was, I mean, it's good ahead of its time stuff and definitely worth checking out for the first time if you've never seen it or revisiting if you watched it before. So the closer. Can, can I do something unorthodox? Um, not to take away from Justin's recommendation, but I have a couple of podcast episodes I just want to throw out to our audience just because they're super timely. Um, okay. That's okay. Um, the, the you have podcast, to ask Phil. Phil, He's can our I, papa. Can I, yeah, papa, can I, can I give an oh, extra Lord. recommendation? Just, you know, because, uh, you know, there, I, I just watching Claire walk away with my thunder. So go right ahead. I don't Claire, want to take it. thunder away. Do it. You do it. That's revenge for doing it because she got Claire. Yeah, yes. I think so. That's true. It is revenge. <laughs> totally, yeah, you cleared totally. my papa. Um, no, I just wanted to recommend a podcast uh, that I've recommended probably before in the series um, called Switched on Pop, but very specifically because they did two episodes back to back. The first one was go diving into Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill and like the history of the song and why it, you know, fits into the Stranger Things universe and why it's so impactful. Um, yeah. But then immediately following that, they sat down with Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein, who do the score and the music for Stranger Things. And it was an incredible, it was just a really great talk because they really go into like the nerdy, like, you know, which synthesizers they're using <laughs> and like, but it was just fun to hear them talk about their process for doing music for the shows. And, and since we, you know, are talking about the levels and the bezels and the whatever. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that oh, and Lisa I didn't even mention, free. like I should bonus hot take the remixed separate ways playing at oh. the end of this episode. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. 
yeah it's all that, that was kind awesome. of stuff so yes yeah. i apologize okay. for i was trying to to like go find the episode so i had info on them while mm-hmm. we were in the middle of the hot take section of this and i was slow so my apologies that's all right that's all right, all right. um all right well with that we can now sign off so here we go join us in our next episode of that episode was as we jump into the chapter nine the last chapter of the fourth season the piggyback until then This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.